Welcome to another episode of the Double Comma Club with your host, Nicole Ruth of the Ruth Team, the number one lending team in Colorado. So I want to talk a little bit about what's going on right now in the real estate market and in the global market. I am... I don't know. I'm like not my high energy self today. Uh, I've been dealing with back pain for the last three weeks and uh, uh, it takes a couple of hours every morning just to get going uh, and stand up straight. So that's kind of fun, which makes me so thankful (laughs) for being athletic and fit the rest of the time. And I know that this too shall pass. So I don't get caught up in that. Um, I know that we, I just have to do the work to get through it, to get to the other side. But this morning, it's making me a little melancholy about everything that's going on. Um, we are, it is almost surreal um, what's happening across the globe. And, and how today, here's Americans, we are blessed uh, to be separated by these massive bodies of water that we are protected, our economy is strong, our consumers continue to spend, uh, our housing uh, continues to grow in value, stocks, even on a bad day, are doing well. Bitcoin is now doing well because of what's happening in Ukraine, and we're going to talk about that for a minute. But all of this, we are blessed to have the problems that we have and the problems that I'm dealing with the last couple of weeks and this debilitating back pain, it just makes me start thinking about how minor that is compared to everything else that's happening. And I just start thinking, obviously I'm gonna think about this in terms of housing because that's the world I live in and what impact this has on our interest rates. Right now we're watching the 10 year bond, which was up over two, remember, and our 30 year fixed rate went over four. Now it's starting to come back down. It had come down to just below two, it was at 1.97. Russia started to invade Ukraine uh, and there was this fear of higher inflation. So it was this tug of war of whether or not the 10 year was gonna benefit from that, of this flight to safety as people move their money away from stocks and into bonds, or if we were going to continue to go up with this risk uh, and threat of inflation, which was pushing rates up. So who's gonna win? Well, today, today risk wins. Today, there continues to be a flight to safety. As we see in Russia, there's a run on the banks right now as Russia just increased their central bank rate, what we call Fed rate. They increased theirs from 9 to 20 overnight because of this run on the banks. People don't want to keep their money in the savings account. So what they're trying to do is raise that interest rate on the savings account and say, please keep your money here. They want to pull it out and they want to put it somewhere. The Ukrainians are turning to Bitcoin and they're putting their money in Bitcoin today to get it out of its government currency to shield it somehow. And somehow that's the easiest access is to buy Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the beneficiary of that. It's going up, but I can't quite figure out if that's really a safety net. I mean, gold used to be, which is kind of dismissed today. And, And so I look at this and go, is Bitcoin the answer? I can't wrap my head around that, that it is yet. Because I, I feel like the Ukrainians are pushing the value up and they're buying it at an increasing cost. And as they buy it at an increasing cost and they push a price up, will that price drop back down again and lose 
a lot of their value. The president of Ukraine was on TV today addressing his people as Russia closes in on his capital. And he's acquiesced to the fact that this might be his last day. I mean, this is something that he does not know where this day is going to turn and if he'll have a tomorrow and that life accomplishes all things, right? And life overcomes death. And so as he addresses his people and, and all of this is going on with the currency and the sanctions, now to hear Switzerland is sanctioning Russia and you've got Sweden and Germany who's now um, uh, going against what Russia's doing and supporting weapons to Ukraine. I mean, we've got this alliances that's happening with the European Union and Switzerland's jumping in. Wait, what? <laughs> they are neutral. All of this is going on. And today we're closing loans. And today I'm helping people purchase homes. I'm, I'm passionate, deeply passionate about helping people live out this dream of financial stability and freedom using real estate because it is the perfect um, fight against inflation, right? So as inflation continues to go up, this fixed cost of a mortgage payment is going to help you offset rising inflation. So if as a hedge of inflation, real estate continues to be rock stars at the top, of the investment pile in my book and with interest rates as low as they are now seemingly going lower. This morning we're at 1.77 on the 10-year treasury. So today risk is winning. Inflation could come back. The Fed has said that the 50 bip increase in March is probably off the table as, as Powell has to figure out, did I wait too long? The answer is yes. But you couldn't have known that. I mean, hindsight's 2020, right? Did he say that inflation was temporary for too long? Did he dismiss it as just this passing of this coronavirus and, and say that the economy was going to come back to work and everything was going to be fine for too long? And then, of course, the timing of Russia invading Ukraine. Who could know? No one could know the timing of that and the impression on that on trying to curb inflation when oil prices are going up and the cost in Russia's number one supplier fertilizer. So the cost of our vegetables and our produce in the spring is going to go up and the cost of microchips if China decides to back Russia and take Taiwan. Taiwan is the number one supplier of microchips. So that's going to increase the cost of everything. And yet, consumers keep spending, right? And in America, we're feeling pretty good about this. We're feeling isolated and it feels surreal, maybe even. Today, it's weighing on me. And I'm, it was Tuesday Live and I was like, do I, do I be me or do I talk about loans? <laughs> I even brought that up to Cara. I said, today I'm just going to talk about loans. And she goes, well, that's, that's kind of broad. I'm going to just tell you that the loans side of things is good, right? I mean, there's never been as many options. We have, again, this blessing of home ownership that we can really dive into and secure not only our financial futures, but those of our children and their children. We can create wealth in real estate like no other asset. I can't create wealth in Bitcoin like I can in real estate. And maybe some people can. I'm not going to actually say, I saw Serena Williams 
on TV this morning on CNBC talking about this fund that she put together that she's investing in a number of things, including crypto. And I was like, why not? Why not? Why not? Serena, you go, girl, because I got nothing. I just thought, yes, I want to take financial advice from Serena Williams. But she's coming together and she's bringing people together that are going to continue to fund whatever technologies and inventions it is. Although I will say it's a woman run organization and financial group. So in that, I'm actually very intrigued. And, and I do say you go get them, girl. But it just seems funny considering the president of Ukraine is a comedian, 44 years old and looking uh, maybe at the end of his life and what he has done for his country. My gosh, they're strong uh, in Ukraine right now. They're standing up very strong. So all of this is impacting us in a way that it's impacting inflation. It's impacting interest rates. It's impacting our view of things, right? And, and so while we pray or while we uh, gather what we can about the information that's coming to us from overseas and how this impacts us or what we should be doing in concert with that effort. What, the one thing that we know we can do is focus on our continued strength and our thankfulness for the blessings of what we have today. You know, I started out talking about my back pain and, and everybody, everybody has something. Everybody has something. You have an alcoholic parent, you have abuse, you have drug abuse, you have, um, you've lost all your fortunes and lost your homes in 2008 and you came back or you deal with bipolarism or depression or you lost a child. Uh, there's been so much loss. I was sitting next to a good friend of mine uh, Jill yesterday and she's lost too many lives to count with what's happened with the pandemic and then I have another good friend Justin who lost three people to suicide uh, in a matter of 10 days post pandemic due to just loss of spirit and desire right we all have something the fact that it takes me an hour and a half to stand up straight every morning right now I know this too shall pass probably better than any of the other ailments that I could have that maybe won't pass. So I have to be thankful for that. I'm very thankful every morning that I get to that place where I get to stand up straight and do the things that I want to do every day. And, and there are people in Ukraine that won't have that option. But we are blessed here today to have real estate, to have the thing that we know we can knock on the door, we can look at that house. We know that it's building wealth. We know that it's increasing in value. We know that we've locked in an interest rate to guard against inflation. We know that we can own something that becomes part of our legacy. And that's kind of cool, right? That's kind of cool. So as we look at real estate, I want to kind of talk about this really quickly. So as we're looking at real estate right now, as a buyer in real estate, you have to know you've got the most incredible opportunity in front of you and it doesn't feel like it. It feels overwhelming and stressful. Redfin put out a report that 70% of Redfin, so this is just a sliver of all of the sales across the United States, 70% of the Redfin transactions went above listing, that there's multiple bid offers, right? And so CoreLogic put out a report that said Denver specifically, 
60% of our transactions in January were multiple bid and bid over ask. Redfin in that same report where it said nationwide it was 70, the Denver market was over that. It was at 76%, 75.8%. So I don't know to trust CoreLogic or Redfin. I know that CoreLogic, now of course Redfin is just Redfin. It's a, it's a data set, right? CoreLogic. Uh, theoretically is nationwide. They're a fantastic data aggregator. They're an awful forecaster, but they're a fantastic data aggregator. So do I believe that? And then does it matter between 60 and 75%? We know that right now, this is a challenging time for buyers. We know that right now, this is a challenging time for life, right? I mean, all the things are happening. So as we want to support our buyers, if you're a consumer and you're looking to purchase, if you're a real estate agent and you're helping those people, then I would say whatever you do right now, don't give up. Fight harder than you've ever fought for those buyers to get under contract because home prices, albeit, will probably slow down in their appreciation as we start to have rising interest rates, which will pull back demand slightly. Right, I was, we were talking about, uh, Megan and I were on the market trends last Friday, and we were talking about the fact that if we continue to see increasing interest rates, we might actually see a reduction in the consumer confidence and a reduction in consumer spending. Because remember, we're, the Fed is trying to control inflation, slow down the economy, and push us into a recession. A recession is defined by two consecutive quarters of GDP decline. That's it. It doesn't mean housing bubble. It doesn't mean the bust. It doesn't mean uh, a killing off of the stock market. It means two consecutive quarters of GDP decline. We need to see the economy slow down. 70% of the GDP is consumer spending. Consumers in America like to spend right? And we're spending at higher costs and somehow we're okay with that, right? We continue, our spending is actually increasing even though the cost of things are increasing. The CPI, the Consumer Price Index was up 7.5% last month, but yet consumer spending was up 2.1%. We continue to spend, we need to see a drop in the GDP, which means we're going to see a drop in consumer spending, which means we're probably going to be paired with a drop in consumer confidence. So consumers will be less confident in a high inflationary market and spend less. We're heading towards a stagflation economy where the economy is going to start to stagnate and prices will continue to go up. That is not ideal. Last time we saw that was in the 70s. You don't want that. But that's where the war with Russia and Ukraine is pushing us as we continue to contract or constrict supply, right? And yet we still spend. So there's more demand than there is supply. And we know what that means because we feel it every day in the housing market. It means that prices go up. So the Fed is going to do everything it can, but it can't do what Putin just did. It's not going to raise it from zero to... He just went from nine to 20. It's not going to go. He, they're even debating whether or not they go a quarter point or a half a point. That's, that's it. Not double it. Right? Are we going to go from a, a quarter point or a half a point? The half a point's probably off the table. It's probably going to be a quarter point rise, which in itself should lower the 30 year fix. It should lower the 10 year treasury, which would lower the long term because the long term rates don't like inflation. And as this calms inflation, 
then we'll see a reduction in long-term rates. But right now, the Fed doesn't control inflation. Russia does. So we'll continue to see inflation go up as long as this is going on. And if China decides to follow suit, we'll see it go up higher. And there's really nothing the Fed can do. It can't raise the Fed rate enough because then all you're going to do is increase the cost of the short-term uh, money, which is going to continue to increase the cost of things when supply is continued to be constrained. As home prices will continue to go up, albeit hopefully at a slower pace, as the interest rates rise and demand slowly softens and people start to think that maybe that price is too high after all, and they slow down on their purchases, supply sits for a little longer, more than four days, supply sits a little longer, so all of a sudden the heightened price of that supply comes down. Now we're already seeing a this massive attack of demand came on the market right out of the gates in January with this fear that interest rates were going to go up, right? And so some of that might have been artificially like propelled because of the fear of inflation going up and not enough supply. Well, now we're heading into the spring slowly. I'm starting to feel it today where people are starting to think that they need to put their house on the market. Maybe they don't want to wait too long because they don't want to miss this intense demand. So as more supply comes on and the fact that uh, interest rates have already gone up, right, is going to calm some of that demand. So we might see this happening even before typical and typical is usually June and July. We kind of see our height in June. We start to see it fall back down again as we head into the fall. So maybe that happens sooner. But all it means is that you don't have to go so far over a list to get that home, that there aren't 30 offers, there are 10 or five that you don't have to go $150,000 over, but maybe 25. That would be fantastic. But the buyers today will pay less than the buyers next month or the month after that. That's why we have to stay intentional and fight the fight because the opportunity today is to lock in today's price. Today's price will go up even if you wait a month. It's built-in appreciation. We just hope that comes down. CoreLogic just came out with Denver's appreciation number over 19% in January year over year. It's a lot, right? The DMAR market trends report is coming out or the market trends data is coming out later today, which will create the and record the video for tomorrow. And that will be released on Thursday. So what is the Denver market seeing from January to February, right? And then CoreLogic and all those big aggregators will show that February data typically 30 days later. If rates go down, which they could, based on the fact that we are gonna pull ourselves into a recession, right? We still have quantitative tightening out there and that has the opposite effect. It's actually gonna raise long-term rates. So it's a little bit of a tug of war. And I went into that on my Saturday blog. And I also, we're gonna be pushing out on social later today, uh, was quoted quite heavily by the Washington Post. That was just released, talking about this tug of war and what's happening with the supply and the demand. But let's just pretend for a minute that my crystal ball was working, because it doesn't. Let's just pretend for a minute that my crystal ball was working. And rates drop right now with this fear around the wartime. But then as soon as something happens with Russia and Ukraine that puts some sort of stop, 
I don't know what that's going to be because Putin has certainly got himself into a corner that I'm not sure how he's going to get himself out of. But if we somehow come to some sort of a, a peace conversation and it ends, right? When that happens, we have to go back to fighting inflation. When that happens, we're also going to have quantitative tightening right behind it. So we're still going to have this pressure on supply that's going to have a ripple effect, right? So if, if interest rates come down just slightly because of the intensity of the war and the fear and the movement from stocks to bonds, which drops our price, it raises the prices of bonds and drops the, the yield, which is our interest rates. So our interest rates drop a little bit, and then maybe they start to climb a little bit until we go into a recession and then they drop. But at what point do they drop from? Right. So if we were at four and now we drop maybe down to three point seven five again or maybe three and a half by the time this war settles in and we then we head back up towards four, four and a quarter. And then the recession happens and we come back down to three point seven five. I mean, I don't think we're going to see twos anymore. But if you bought and you locked in today's home price at the highest, maybe it was four and a quarter or four and a half and we do end up in a recession. Refinance refinance right like people get so worried about waiting for the low interest rate when all you have to do is refinance and if you had 10 percent down or five percent down and you have mortgage insurance and we refinance you maybe we can get rid of that too depending on how long you wait and what happens because these 19 percent appreciations year over year that we just saw in january well that keeps up it wouldn't be long before you get rid of the mortgage insurance and take advantage of a drop in rate. That's the American dream. And that's what we have to be thankful for today because we have the blessing to continue doing what we do, to continue fighting the good fight and help as many people as we can get into home ownership, to take advantage of investing in real estate, to take advantage of knowing all the loan programs available that help you get into a home. That's what we get to do today because we're here, because we're in America. Nicole Ruth with the Ruth team of Fairway Mortgage. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day and I'll really look forward to chatting with you next week and hopefully between now and then. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Double Comma Club. Never miss an episode. Subscribe at thedoublecommaclub.com to hear more success stories and to get free tips on how you can get on the path to becoming a millionaire through real estate at any age. Remember, visit thedoublecommaclub.com and subscribe.